You're holding your body. How badly were you hurt to the body in the first round? I just got to do number two. What if friends got together and talked as if they were professional fighters, yet with no fighting experience? Well, as Professor Chell Sonnen once said, you are welcome. This is my MMA podcast. Just stay focused. Pandemic or no pandemic. You know, also a lot of thanks to my team, Team Elevation. Great guys over there, great chemistry. Yeah, deep breath. Let me, let me take care of my first. Hey, deep breath. My teeth are falling out. Yeah, breathe. Hey, listen, breathe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with the force of a freight train and the gentleness of a baby koala bear snuggling with his adopted mother, Wes. Okay, hold on. That was a throwback to a joke from last week. I'm sorry. I just got to bring that up. This is episode 19 of the My MA podcast, and I, for one, can't be more grateful you are here. I am Mr. Mark Allen David, your humble host of three, here to remind you that I am not alone, and here with me are my two compadres. Now drop that beat and shake your feet, because my homie has the flavor to make you feel complete. He saw the sign, he won't turn around, and all that he wants is another baby. Is it just me, or is it weird that we haven't made a stupid... Ace of base <laughs> reference yet in 18 episodes. Am I crazy? Like, shouldn't that have already been here? So speak your truth to the My MA Podcast Nation and say hello to your adoring fans, Mr. Wesley Edwards. I saw the sign. Open up eyes and I am dude, happy now living without you. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. What a great, those are great songs, dude. <laughs> yes. What, what are we talking about? Is this is nine. What is that? 93, 94. What is that? 93, 92. Um, and what year did um, All You Want was another baby? Was that 93 or 94 when that's all you wanted? I don't know. Just <laughs> when was Ace of Base out? I want to say it was 95-ish. I don't know. Looks like 95. But hey, Ace of Base, you're welcome. We're bringing you back, baby. 92. 92. I'm corrected. <laughs> okay. 92. Okay. 92, but then when I saw the sign came out when? That's actually the one I looked up. Oh, all that she wants is another baby. Don't turn oh, around. No. Looks like looks like I saw the sign is 93. And this this goes back to like, is this like a Bieber thing where people stop listening to the podcast as soon as we started talking about this? I don't know, man. Ace of Base is legendary. I think they're just... We're, they're hanging on her every word now. I actually think that there's that like a album is legit. There's like a group of people somewhere in Europe that are like Ace of Base MMA, yeah, boy. Like we just gained like 17 listeners when we lost um, another 17 in Alabama. Um, I don't know. I'm just guessing that's where Ace of Base is most least listened to is in the state of Alabama, based on my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you had brought up something by the Cranberries, oh, we might have had. So yeah, oh man, now you just ruined my intro that for next been. week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get those Ireland fans. No planes and no guns and the tanks and the in your head, in your head. This intro's dying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on with the intro. Let's say hello. What up? Now, let me introduce my friend, the recent president of the Allegheny Union for Equal 
High School Tennis Pay, better known as Local 378. <laughs> he has been described by his constituents as gentle, but having a fist of iron. He never shies away from a fight unless said fight requires actual fighting. He is your champion and mine. He has the keys to my heart. DJ Trevor Owens. Hey, hey, greetings from the cheap seats of an MMA event so cheap the birds fly underneath me. Welcome to the My <laughs> MMA Podcast Global Empire. The Global Empire. Don't turn around. <laughs> All my life is changing every day. In every, In every possible, possible way. way. Um, there is no possible way that the cranberries aren't coming up in next week's podcast. I just want you guys to know that now. I'm just going to preface. Now we know. And that's one of those bands that if somebody doesn't like you because you like the cranberries, who cares? I, go Actually, away. I'll go further. If someone's like, I just don't like the cranberries. You're like, why are we friends? <laughs> I don't think I like you anymore. <laughs> yeah. We don't want this friendship to linger any longer. <laughs> <laughs> this friendship was in your dreams <laughs> and this panifity is disgusting at this point someone just got unfriended on facebook because of that so <laughs> well that went in a direction i wasn't expecting thank you fellas <laughs> All right. and now another conversation with the sitcom that Smith's corner should be fired for not stopping that fight. Yes, no. absolutely. No. They should have stopped no. the fight just like Billy Joel should have stopped the fire. What? That, don't say that. Anthony Smith what? is lying. He lost heart. his teeth and his orbit bone. Lamheart needed some love. Dad! Come on, guys. Wes, Trevor, I understand you're upset, but we all lose things. Sometimes loss is small, like your truck, Trevor. Remember when you lost your truck last week? Sometimes it's big. Like when GSP lost to Matt Sarah. You remember. I made you stay up till 2 a.m. to see the definitive domination of GSP with one punch like a boss. Now, boys, it's time to make up. You know you love each other. You're brothers. I'm sorry, Wes. I'm sorry, Wes. I, I never should have. I never should have defended Anthony Smith's honor more than I defended your honor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too, Trevor. Will you forgive me? Of course I will, Wes. You're my brother. Well, I'm not going to forgive you! (laughs) It's time for Mark's random question. You're welcome. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. The UFC Hall of Fame honors multiple different categories. One of those categories is Hall of Fame fights. Um, obviously there's, there's fighters and there's a few other categories, but this is an interesting one. And I also think it's really unique to to the UFC and and really interesting that, that they honor specific fights for various reasons. Currently there are six fights that have been inducted into the hall of fame, uh, for various reasons. I'm going to list those real quick, go through them real quick. Uh, Forrest Griffin, Griffin versus, uh, Stephen Bonner, number one, uh, the first fight, Matt Hughes and Frank, uh, versus Frank Trigg two. Mark Coleman versus Pete Williams, Diego Sanchez versus Clay Guida, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson. Um, By the way, I'll just say, uh, obviously, my favorite one would be Diego Sanchez versus Clay Guida. Uh, My question for the week is, um, what 
fights deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that aren't. And if they're not, why aren't they? And you can pick your picks, and or, or is there something that you'd like to see in there? Uh, Trevor, I guess we'll go with you first. Well, I know who won't get in there, but who deserves to be in there. Absolutely. And that's Mark Mark Hunt versus Antonio Silva. That fight was absolutely yes. incredible. Unbelievable, but with, yes. with But with a lawsuit pending, I doubt they're going to have a... Uh, Mark Hunt in there. The other one I'm going to pick is, I got two more, Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard, the third time that they fought. Absolute classic. And what an end to a trilogy. I just don't know if we'll ever see a trilogy like that. I I mean, somebody out there correct me if you've seen a better trilogy than, than, uh, who was I saying? (laughs) Maynard and uh, Edgar. And then the other (laughs) Hall of Fame fight is uh, Diego and uh, Caro Parisian. Wow, I didn't think of that one. That's actually, yeah, that's actually a really interesting interesting fight. I don't know if I'd put a Hall of Fame, but it, it I, I actually forgot about that fight. That's a great, that's a great pick, dude. Yeah, I think, yeah. Wes, what you got, dog? Oh, gosh, I got it. There's so many. Does it have to be all UFC fights, or can I pick outside of UFC? Well, we're going with UFC, but uh, just because the reasoning is because this is what uh, the UFC picked. So, Obviously, there's way more intriguing fights outside of the UFC, but the second part of the question was, and why aren't they? So if you have a fight that, that you think is a UFC fight that shouldn't be, then you know it's, it's, it's very valuable to say why, why it's not. Well, I mean, Ferguson versus Barbosa stands way out to me because I remember watching that fight. Do you, do you guys remember when they did these fight nights and they would make the octagon smaller and it forced the fighters to be closer so they engaged much faster and, and, the, and the pace of the fight was, was much greater? That... Barbosa versus Tony Ferguson was it was ridiculous. Like it it it's probably in my, one of my top five fights, probably probably of all time. I would have definitely say Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald too. Absolutely, absolutely. That was kind of just. I mean, I don't know of a fight where it felt kind of like a movie, and there was back some you know the back and forth of both of them being rocked, and then at the end of the fourth, when Robbie and, and Rory are looking at each other and they and, and they're staring, and then Robbie spits on the ground some blood, and his lips split open, and it's like. <sighs> And then remember when he was like so excited afterwards and he's like, yeah, and when he would say, yeah, his whole like face opened up and you're like, (laughs) oh, my goodness. Well, and then I would also include another Robbie Lawler fight. That's Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Condit because I felt the same emotions in that fight, too, because it was such a back and forth brawl. It kind of flew under the radar. But if you've not ever seen that fight, these men lost years of their life after that fight. Mark, Chuck Liddell versus Vanderlei Silva is on that list as well, my friend. Of course it is. Uh, of course it is because it's just it's it so iconic. iconic. Here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna throw some pride fights at you because I feel like since the UFC bought pride, it. it's it's basically the same thing. So I just got to Nick Diaz versus Tokenori Gami. It is one of those fights that had me on the edge of my seat. It was nuts. It was when it was Go when Go Palata. Yeah, I think uh it was one of those fights where Gomi was kind of at the top of his game and had a little bit more notoriety and, and Nick was is Nick and just the back and forth. They were both bloody, and then he submits him with the yeah. Go his, go go Palata. Go go Palata. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I apologize that, that for fight. my pronunciations too. Another fight that sticks way out for me, and this is going back to 2005. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but it's Shogun Hua versus Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira, little aka Lil Nog. That fight to me is probably one of the greatest displays displays of mixed martial arts that that i that i can remember just with the striking the punching the transitions the jiu-jitsu the the muay thai it literally was all there and it still sticks out to me as one of the greatest mma fights displays of mma uh and then one little one little extra one here guys 
in my brain as it's sticking out is Don Fry versus Takayama. Do you guys remember when they were holding each other's yes. hands? Oh, yes. Welling each other's like, ro- like rock'em, sock'em robots. <laughs> that that right there is like that should go into the Hall of Fame just for the fans, for no other reason. Like, just put a picture. It's stupid. And I don't even, is there, like, you know, I, I don't even know if this is, a, like, is there an actual, I assume it's over wherever, whatever, but is there an actual um, UFC uh, uh, Hall of Fame, like, walkthrough, like you do when you do when you go to the uh, NFL Hall of Fame? I assume they have, like, some iteration of that, but not in the same level. I don't know. I don't know. But, but my point is, is that that picture right there, if that's not in the UFC Hall of Fame and you go walk through and you buy your ticket and that's not on the wall, then that it's not worth it. You're not telling people the story. <laughs> oh, that fight is like literally no technique. It was just rock'em sock'em robots like shit, Trevor. Anyway, those those fights, I, I, if I was to rank those like in my own personal, yeah, Robbie Lawler versus Rory, that's that's probably my favorite fight. Might be my favorite fight of all time. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, my favorite, probably my favorite fight of all time is Diego and Clay. But that's good. It's too. such a great fight uh, for for multiple reasons. But um, I honestly believe that for me, like a Hall of Fame fight is Matt Sarah and GSP. I think that Matt Sarah knocking out GSP was so impactful for the sport and um, was so shocking and was one of the greatest upsets of all time. I can't believe that that fight doesn't have at least a uh, a nod uh, for one of the greatest fights of all time because let's yeah. not forget... That's definitely the greatest upset for let's sure. Let's not forget where Matt Sarah is. Let, let's not let's not forget that Matt Sarah is considered one of... You know, it's not like just... It's like GSP or like Matt Sarah's a throwaway, right? Does that make sense? I just want to yeah. know how yeah. many beeps Wesley would have to use if Matt Sarah ever called in. You know what I mean? <laughs> how, many, how many beeps? Yeah, Two, profanity beeps. 200. Hey, guys. 200. This is what I'm trying to say. Matt Sarah is currently a Hall of Fame fighter in the UFC. Yeah. And so... He should be. And Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you got George St. Pierre. Matt Sarah's inducted before George St. Pierre. How is uh, the that fight where Matt Sarah knocks out George St. Pierre, how is that not a Hall of Fame fight? It should be. It, it just makes sense. But I think he's a Hall of Famer because he beat George St. Pierre. You know what I mean? Like, would he be a Hall of Famer if he hadn't won that fight? So it's almost like double dipping. And he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he's a Hall of Famer because of that fight. You know what I mean? That's true, but I think that possibly that the Rolling Stones had a good album and a good single, and that's maybe why they won 14 Grammys in one year, right? I was thinking more of Adele is actually what I was thinking of. She sings too much. I'm making too much of a point. <laughs> anyway, you can have you can have the greatest fight of all time, and you can have the you can be the greatest fighter of all time. But if you're worthy of if if uh, Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner are worthy of the greatest fight of all time, and and Forrest Griffin is a Hall of Fame fighter, I think, and Matt Sarah is a Hall of Fame fighter, I think that fight is is definitely worthy of of consideration. And we never stop talking about matt sarah beating george st pierre we never stop talking about it it comes up so epic. all the time it's so epic it it just feels hall of fame but anyway there yeah there's not a there's not a greater upset in, in all of mma history that and I as trevor said i think it was last week or week before that it might be one of if not the greatest upset in sports history do you remember saying well it depends on if you it depends on if you really beat the 10 count so <laughs> Hey, now we got it. <laughs> All right, Buster Douglas. 
It's true. He didn't beat the 10 count. Well, if you love Time Life classics and also love Anthony Smith's teeth, well, then you're going to love this collection of songs that are dedicated to Anthony Smith's mouth. Who knew that his teeth would fall out after the third round and birth some amazing hits like this? lost some teeth, but he didn't lose his passion for songs like this. It's my mouth, it's changed forever, now all my teeth are severed, I just want to get some Novocaine. It's my mouth, my teeth are like a dental display, and Glover said I punched his airways. I just want to make my teeth the same It's my mouth That's right, it is your mouth But it's also the cornerman's job at his discretion on when he throws in the towel You didn't throw the towel Now my mouth is hurting and my teeth are churning <laughs> And unfortunately for Anthony He's going to have to get his teeth pulled all out. Get all of my teeth pulled. 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 Ouch. Anthony Smith just seemed to be getting hit over and over again, and his cornerman did nothing to stop it. In fact, he took so many hits that his teeth fell out of his face. But he didn't take any hits like this. Nowadays, corner men wanna talk like they got something to say, but my teeth fall out when I move my lips. Doesn't make a difference, and my cornermen act like they just wanna get paid. Nowadays, corner men wanna talk like they got something to say, but my teeth fall out when I move my lips. Doesn't make a difference, and my cornermen act like they just wanna get paid. Hit after hit. That's what you're gonna get on this collection with Time Life Classics, songs dedicated to Anthony Smith's mouth. Call now and you'll receive MMA Mouth Guard or the MMA Eye Patch, both coming in black or dark black. Time Life Classics, songs dedicated to Anthony Smith and his teeth falling out. All right, guys, we had we had uh, a couple UFC events this past week after UFC 249. We had to take a breath because that was an epic card. I'm gonna ask you just real quickly. Did you guys catch the fights? And give me just one sentence on on what you thought of the two events, kind of wrapped up into one. Trevor, what do you got? Inconsistent judging, action-packed, though. Ah, completely agree with that, Mark. Uh, I'm going to go with one sentence. Trevor nailed it. I have nothing else to say. Absolutely correct. So th- there's a couple of things that stick out to me. We, we talked about UFC 249, and Mark, you brought up this very definitively in a couple podcasts ago, you talked about Tony Ferguson and his corner not protecting their fighter when when the fight should have probably been stopped in the fourth. But then we saw Tony come out in the fifth and he just took more beating. And then we saw him get hit. And the next thing you know, he's kind of shaking his head where he's a little bit out yeah. of it. And I remember you, I remember you specifically being really frustrated with that fight as it was just it was it was too brutal for the sport yes, right absolutely fast forward to the next wednesday like this past wednesday we have glover Teixeira beating anthony smith a couple highlights of that fight one is is anthony smith came out with too heavy of a pace he gassed out after the first glover took over you had i think anthony in the third round said my teeth are falling out then by the time they get to the what the fifth round it eventually gets stopped 
I think a broken orbital bone, bro- broken nose, knocked out teeth. Yet the the corner didn't 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 stop the fight. They, they did not the do their job. Why do you think boxing gets this, but MMA doesn't? Hmm. Um, in other words, we have plenty of examples where boxing fights or matches are going on, and, and the corner will throw in the towel, or they'll or they'll just wave to the ref and say, "Hey, right. my guy." Well, this done. goes into a greater conversation. Why, why, do you, why do you about um, about the way that we view the sport? And it's something that's very frustrating for me. I hate when the sport is viewed um, and paralleled to bar fights or like um, you know, my buddy could beat your buddy, or uh, my dad could. Uh, could beat up your dad kind of thing like like this is not this is a sport this is like boxing is a very technical skill that you work on for a very long time and yeah it is a combat sport um but it is a sport it's based on you know the the base point of of boxing is points it's a point given system and while it is a a uh, a combat sport the idea that boxing is built around quote unquote a knockout is is absolutely incorrect um it's whoever wins the match at the end of the match. And that's been a very frustrating thing. And and again, God bless Dana White and everything that he's done to advance the sport. Because we all remember when UFC was cockfighting. And that's the reason why I get so upset about this or why it bothers me so much is because it's like people, um, I, you know, we talk about casual fans, which I don't really like the term because everybody can be a casual fan. To me, the only person that's a casual fan is the guy that tries to turn this whole thing into a bar fight. That tries to bring it back to... Um, uh, making it something where one guy is just just who who's just the strongest guy. This is not about strength. It's about it's about technical skill. And we're watching this happen. We're seeing this like we talk about this sport being a chess match, and that's the way that it should be. You got one guy coming against another guy who has trained for a very long time to do very specific things, and uh, and goes to a training camp to to. Uh, fight somebody who has a different skill set or possibly just not at the same level and they're coming together and it's a chess match. If you're talking about this like it's a barroom brawl, it's just awful. And what happens is when you see this in the sport where you have a guy that has done all this work and trained and all this stuff and, and now you're expecting him to just be that tough that even when he lost the fight and it's very blatantly evident there's no way he can win the fight, you should throw the towel in immediately. I, I, it's it's beyond frustrating. It's, do you think Do you think they should have thrown in the towel in the third round? Absolutely. I mean, the moment you know your fighter can't win. Let me think. Hold on. Third round. Let me think about that. Possibly. I'll go with possibly. But I'll answer the question better this way. When you know that your fighter can't win, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that makes a difference. That's true. And, and there, nothing else, like this idea that he needs to be tough and he needs to be strong, he needs to prove something. This is what we went back to. And I remember, Trevor, you remember this. We talked about training camps that a guy is expected just to jump up and fight whenever you want to, whatever you can. Oh, someone's calling you up. I'm going to fight right now. If you're not ready, you should say no. You shouldn't necessarily be expected to do that. And I understand the, the fact that that's the way the fight game works. But on the flip side is, are boxers expected to do that? Are we treating this like yeah. just... Like what? Like just take two shots of whiskey and and uh, smack yourself in the face and let's get it on. That's that's not that's that's not sportsmanship. 
I, that's just my opinion. Well, here's what is interesting about that is Anthony Smith even came out and actually defended his corner. He defended the ref. And I think that goes to your point. The, the fighter is not going to take himself out of the contest. Look, he takes his shirt off, gets into a cage, and fights other grown men. For that for that matter, in this particular case, this was, obviously wasn't a woman's fight, but he he's stepping into a steel cage to fight another man. We, we get it. You're tough. And you're, you, you're clearly one of the toughest on planet earth that's where i just think you're right about this i think the corner needs to do a better job you you said it when the fighter can no longer win the fight and it's obvious so i think anthony smith really did come out against the people that were criticizing him in his corner and i think that shows a lot of loyalty and a lot of heart here's the thing anthony smith just came and i'm going to get into this a little bit later he came out of a pretty traumatic event he came out very strong And then he didn't have enough to finish the fight. People forgot how good Glover Teixeira is. He's a great fighter. And I think around the third or fourth round, when you realized Anthony Smith is not going to have this walk-off knockout like Derek Lewis had in the last seconds, you know, in the back of your mind as a fan, you're like, man, if he could just hit him one time, that was evident. I felt it was evident that that wasn't going to happen. And we have got to protect these guys. This is not a situation where Anthony Smith would never have a title shot again. He's coming off of a pretty crazy event. He could have lost to Glover Teixeira. They threw in the towel and and he'd live to fight another day with without sustaining so much injury. So, and uh Tony Ferguson, man, an interesting thing about that, Wes, and maybe you heard this too. I guess Eddie Bravo was cornering him without his glasses, and he said he couldn't even see that well. That, to me, is yeah, very ir- irresponsible. Did you hear that, Mark, that uh, Eddie Bravo was cornering him and he couldn't see? So how could he make a good decision on whether to throw the towel and whether or not to throw the towel? I think you just have to look at your longevity. You only have so many miles on your body, especially at this elite level of competition. Competition. So when you're into a fight in the third or fourth round and it's not going your way and you're gassed, you need to be done for the evening and uh, yeah. live to fight another day. So speaking of Miles, Alistar Overeem this past Saturday fought against uh, had a fight against Walt Harris. Trevor, what what are your thoughts? So this this was this was a pretty tough one to even. It's one of those deals where Walt Harris, who lost his daughter last year. Um, just an incredible human being, really. You know, when you when you talk about him just as a person, and it was kind of hard to pull for Alistair Overeem. But what are your thoughts just on that sort of? Did the UFC overplay the the Walt Harris story? Uh, was Alistair Overeem, you know, back to his vintage, you know, fighting style that would allow him to potentially get to a title shot after a win like this? What are your thoughts on that main event? This uh, this fight reminded me a lot of Carwin versus Brock Lesnar. Walt Harris came in, Ooh, man, good and he, call, and he almost he almost won the fight. He went after it for the finish, but he he ran out of gas. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know if he trained so much or if he was just so amped up to try to get this finish. And boy, he almost had it. And then you wonder you wonder if this was an event by itself and it wasn't kind of plagued with this Dominic Cruz and Henry Cejudo. They stopped the fight too early. If that fight would have gotten stopped, I'm just wondering if that would have happened. But he laid it all out there, and then Alistair came back. And man, 
I tell you, I've never really been high on Alistair Overeem, but he was such a nice guy during that whole thing. I mean, I am really an Alistair Overeem fan. He really won me over. I don't see him going for the championship quite yet, but I definitely see him in the top four. So just to kind of recap some of these events here, some notable fights as we kind of come to a close on this. One thing that I really saw in a fighter that just continues to get better is Angela Hill. She lost against Claudia Gadelia. But, but did man, she lose? She, but did she I lose? I, I don't think so. I don't so. think she did. No. And and I think what's great is that that this loss is actually making her more popular because the way that she's handling it, she's arrogant, she's cocky about it. Hey, Dana, I can come in and slice up some more of your girls if you need me to. Just all of her little comments are perfect. One one fight that stuck out to me was uh, Nate Landwehr versus Darren Elkins. That that fight was somewhat hard to watch because it was so bloody. And Nate Nate's kind of a moron, especially his post-fight was just really odd. That, that fight stuck out to me. Going back to last Wednesday on the May 13th card, I think Drew Dober had a good win over Alex Hernandez. I thought that was a good win. You saw Michael Johnson getting another win. You saw Ben Rothwell getting a, a win over OSP, which, you know, whatever. Uh, you had Andre Olovsky defeating Lins. It's kind of like, again, whatever. These aren't like huge wins for these guys, but I guess it's a uh, you know another W in, the, in, in that column. They were both great events. They were both fun events. The thing that I would like to say as we wrap up here in this particular segment is the UFC pulled it off. Absolutely. They, they had three events in the span of eight days and they pulled it off. They had 1,100 COVID tests. Only three people tested positive out of, out of the 1,100. And at this point, as far as we know of, no one else has tested positive, which is also good signs. So kudos to the UFC for pulling off three fun, in some ways, very significant events for the sport of MMA, for us as fans, and for, you know, it's a win for ESPN, I would say for and sure. I so. would love to say that the uh, Barbosa fight was maybe one of the only fights that I saw that had good judging. It was a, it was a three-round decision <laughs> for Barbosa losing, and that one actually made sense. So... Um, oh, I, would, I disagree. You disagree, disagree. really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought Barbosa I, won as I well. I thought Barbosa won too, um, but... I thought it was split going into the last round. I just thought Edson won the last round. I mean, and it's not a rob it's not a robbery, but right. a lot of people are leaning we're leaning towards Barbosa. Our man Dan, Dan Ige, the Iganator. The the Iganator. Is it does it feel weird when you guys are wrong? When I say something and you and you're wrong? Does it feel weird? <laughs> is it like uncomfortable for you? Cuz But to to the point Man, I think uh, we we talked about this kind of through the week or uh, the judging. What the heck is going on? It's just like a roller coaster of nonsense with the judging. Like you can't even predict. You can be like, this guy totally won, goes the other way. It's just, it's been bizarre. That's the only thing I would say. I don't know if it has something to do with the style of the event or what. Oh, I was going to say, Wes, what'd you think about Vera versus uh, Song? Did you think that was a robbery? Not really. I, I, I do think Song kind of put himself on the map a little bit. But guys, three great events within eight days. Kudos to the UFC. Well done. We love yeah, you all. Totally. Trevor, tell us what's in the news. Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Disc Trevor. Well, tonight's little segment's going to be sponsored by Tic Tacs. Yes, Tic Tacs. You get about three servings per container. You need a mint? Try Tic Tac. When you were seven, they sort of worked. Well, they worked okay for a backup maraca. Tic Tacs for the impulse buyer with no standards. And here we go. (laughs) 
Oh. There were a, at least at least they're a better alternative to certs. I forgot certs. I forgot. I, I, I forgot that existed. The the terrible. <laughs> remember the terrible uh, uh, commercials back in the day when you'd pop them in your mouth. What was that thing? Um, menthos. Menthos. Anyway, yes, the menthos. <laughs> Tic Tacs. Officially better than Menthos. That was awful. And those things are terrible. Inserts. Inserts. <laughs> well, I'm going to insert myself into this next segment. Uh, you know, this last, this last week we had um, Anthony Smith. We had Walt Harris. You had these great stories. They come in. I mean, I'm absolutely 1,000% pulling for these guys. And they didn't win. Both had the heartwarming stories, but sometimes you just got to have the skill to back that up. I think we're always kind of looking for these magical moments where uh, life and sports come together. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. The good guy, I'm using air quotes right now, doesn't always win. Just because people are great people doesn't mean that they're great fighters and great athletes. Uh, For every Rudy... There are 59 other players that are just plain better. So uh, love yeah. to see the love to see these wonderful stories when they line up. But my gosh, you gotta have the skill set. And when you fight, sometimes it's not a fairy tale ending. That's true. Did, there's my there's my there's my PSA for the week, boys. Do, do you think though that the value of being a Rudy um, when you are uh, talented? And you do you think that has a, a greater benefit for you? Well, I think you, that's I think that's a noxymoron. You can't be talented and be a Rudy at the same time. Uh, yeah, that's true. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, but you, but maybe like think, an underdog story. You know, like if you just take the talent out of it, and then I think what Mark's really getting to is like if you're an underdog story, I think your payoff is huge. And I'm really thinking of like somebody lovable, like Forrest Griffin, Rich and Franklin. then he goes in. And he goes in, yeah, but Rich Franklin was always kind of winning, though. Like, Forrest Griffin wasn't, he was kind of the tough champion, but you never thought that he'd be, I didn't think he'd be the light heavyweight champion. But man, when he did it, that was one of those magical moments where, oh my gosh, somebody that I really like just shocked the world and is now the UFC champion. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a thing that we, we've talked about this before, about the value and the power the uh, the PR side of the equation. And like Dana talks about and has said multiple times, what do you have to do to sell a fight? You, know, you have to have a conflict, you have to have a story, and then you have to have the willingness to actually sell the fight. Without the story, without the backstory of Forrest Griffin that projects the good guy, but there's also this really cool value and actually being a good guy. <laughs> I think that that creates a longevity yeah, yes. in career. Yes. Like let's take for example, Chael Sons in my opinion is a great example is you know the bad boy whatever the persona we all know it's kind of like a joke. Chael Sons is actually a pretty good guy. Pretty normal um cool guy. Yeah. Like we don't think of him as like he 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 can make the the joke or make the standard or push back on other people because they're doing things that are, you know, outside of the status quo. Like when he's been recently in the news, been talking about uh, uh, John Jones and really pushing hard on him and making some kind of crass comments about him. Well, that's because that's not Chael Sonnen. Like he, yeah, he did, he did the PED thing. He rode the train, um, all that kind of stuff in the sport. But when's the last time you ever heard of like the, the Chael Sonnen DUI? Like it's like we don't even expect that out of him. It would actually be shocking if that happened, right? We would not expect that and wouldn't think that that's going to be part of his persona. So I think that yeah, the good guy persona is really important in the sport. 
And I think it's important from a PR perspective. Yeah, Trevor? What it reminds me of is Clay, somebody like Clay Guida. You know, this guy wasn't on 10-fight winning streets or anything, but everybody loved, everybody him, loved him because he came He came to fight. He was super fun. He was super likable. So we wanted to see him fight over and over again. Very And true. I'm not referring to that awful uh, Tim McGraw song, over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Stockton slap for bringing up Tim McGraw on the podcast automatically every time I accept you guys ready for a little overrated underrated oh yeah all right oh yeah I'm ready and now another episode of overrated underrated welcome back to another installment of overrated underrated this segment of the show is where we challenge the status quo of the MMA world with well-researched scientific breakdowns of our personal opinions. Again, we're going to do something a little different this week as we did last week. We're going to change it up. Uh, this week's overrated, underrated will be known furthermore for the rest of the evening or the rest of the show as friends, foes, or hype. We'll be talking about rivalries and I will give you a rivalry ri- rivalry I can use that word right between two people and we will take turns giving our opinions as to whether these people were friends were they foes or was their relationship um, negative or positive just hype in another twist Trevor will be the final decision maker this week and declare after each one of these discussions whether or not this was friends foes or hype so I will give it to Wes we'll go from there and then Trevor will make the final decision you guys ready to go hold on I have to change out my squeaky desk chair for my throne because I feel like I have a lot of power right now (laughs) you are all powerful all right no I got my scepter I'm ready Number one, Wes, Daniel Cormier versus John Jones. Was that friendship a true foe or was that just hype? I'm in between true foe and hype. I feel like that's not even really a rivalry because John is John is 2-0 against Daniel. So I definitely don't think they like each other. Okay. I would say they are definitely foes and definitely hate each other. So Trevor, final vote. What do you think? Friends, foes, or hype? I definitely say foe. I don't think, I think they have a real disdain for each other. I do think they showed a little sportsmanship class when both of them had parents to pass away. If I'm not mistaken, I think both of them said that they wish their condolences, but I don't think they like each other at all. Definitely foes. Boom. That was my gavel scepter. Uh, Number two, Tito Ortiz versus uh, Chuck Liddell. Uh, Wes, what do you think? Friends, foes, or hype? I know it's tough, right? There's a lot of backstory there. For the people that don't know, there's a huge backstory there. They hit all three of those. They weren't never really, I don't think they were ever close friends, but they were training partners, buddies that hung out that eventually became what would be a rivalry. But I don't think it was much as much as a foe as Chuck just knew he was going to beat Tito. And Tito knew it too. Even though Tito tried to hype it up, Chuck was just like, ah, whatever, I'm going to beat you. So so what do you got? I would say it's, I would say it's hype. All right, I'm going to try to dissuade the king here. And just remind you how much of an absolute disdain these guys had for each other in the end. And also remind you of that moment when Chuck Liddell was walking out when he finally got an opportunity to to fight Tito. And he was grinning, knowing that he was going to just beat the living tar out of him. So I'm going to go with absolute foes. But final decision, Trevor. I'll turn my mic up. I'm going to go with uh, foes here. I don't think Chuck Liddell liked Tito Ortiz. 
Final decision is foes. We're foes. They didn't like each other. Okay. And they didn't they didn't like each other so much that Tito beat an old Chuck Liddell up. I like it. All right, number three, Misha Tate versus Ron, Ronda Rousey. Wes, friends, foes, or hype? Are all these going to be like, like none of these are going to be friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Like, like none of them, none of them are going to be friends. They're either going to be foes or hype. I think it's some that I might think so. We'll see. Def, definitely foes. R- Rhonda came in and kept poking, and Misha, who was trying to be respectful, didn't like it, and it, and it just escalated into, especially when Rhonda didn't shake Misha's hand after Misha had lost. Misha extended her hand. Rhonda turned around and walked away. It was just a, a poor sportsman move. Definitely foes. Um, I think this one was hype. I think this was Rhonda making the hype. I don't think that Misha really cared. I don't think that she hated Ronda Rousey. I think that Ronda Rousey, that's kind of her game. So this is all hype to me. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, what, do you, what do you got as final decision, Trevor? I don't think Rhonda has many friends, so I'm going to say foes. Foe show. Final decision is foes. Rousey's lousy. Right. Number four, Matt Hughes versus BJ Pin. Friends, foes, or hype? What do you got? Wes? It was definitely hype at first, and then they eventually became friends. I don't I don't know which one to choose because even when they were fighting against each other, they, there was a there was a, a genuinely, you know, I should say a mutual respect for each other. I, I would I would say friends. I'm gonna go with friends. Um, I think that they were through the course of their relationship were actually friends the entire time. Yeah, they fed into the hype for the benefit of both their careers. And I think, honestly, I think that they both knew that. And I think that was part of the game. But even to this day, I think that if you actually sat them down over a cup of coffee and you could actually get real talk with both of them, they'd both say, yeah, we're, we're pretty good friends. We've known each other for a long time and I respect each other. So I'm doing hardcore friends with these guys. Trevor? All right. The king, the king hears both of you. BJ had something to prove in that first fight. It was a good trilogy. And uh, if you take it all as a whole, I'm going to say friends. Yes. Michael W. Yes. Smith. And I'll friends is that how that song goes? Does it go dooba 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 doo? It uh, it does for copyright purposes. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, number five, um, Royce Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. Wes, was that a C? Did you say Croix? Mm, no, it's 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 a Q U R E seven O Y C E. Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. I'm gonna say these guys are. I mean, I think I would have leaned towards foe, but Ken was always talking so much to try to hype every single fight to make it sound like he was complete, you know, arch enemies with every person he faced to make it seem bigger than it was. I'm going hype. Okay, so I'm going to go with at the time, I'm definitely going with hype, but as it stands today and through the test of time, I would say these two guys are absolutely friends. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no way that you can that you can go through what you went through and have the connection that they have and they're not friends. There's it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Absolutely, I'm going 100% friends with these guys. Absolutely. But you got uh, I'm with Wesley on uh, I'm with Wesley on that. I think that was hype. I think uh, I will say this. I think Shamrock really <laughs> didn't get treated fairly in two of the three fights, you know. There was a little shadiness there, so I'm gonna to say hype. I don't think they were friends. I think I don't think they were mortal enemies for foes, but I I don't think that they're going to go share up beverage together. Yeah, <laughs> they're just going to hype up their fights. 
All right, number six, Chael Sonnen versus Vandalay Silva. Wes? That is definitely foes. I think Chael even tried to, to make it more hype, but Vanderlei just kept antagonizing and, and dragging it into the ground to where they eventually truly became foes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going with foes, not because of Chael, because I think Wandy would punch him in the face if he walked by him on the street today. I think he absolutely hates him. I think he just he just feels like that yeah. guy. I, I, like, I never want to have anything to do with him for the rest of my life, and if I see him, I just want to stroke him out. Not in the ring, nothing like that. I think it's just totally personal, 100%. It, it, it was palpable in that one. This is one of those rivalries that you felt, and it, it just didn't feel like hype to me. So, Trevor, final call. This has to go two ways, and Vanderlei had a real disdain again for Chael. Uh, yeah, I think we're all three agree here. It's definitely a foe. He fed a bus. Okay. Number seven is Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. I think it's hype. They made a lot of money together. I, I mean, they may not hang out for uh, Christmas parties, but I think I think Nate eventually understood the game, played it a little bit, sold over 2 million pay-per-views, called it a day. Ooh. I'm going with foes on this one. I really think that Nate dislikes Conor McGregor on a visceral level. I do not think that he likes him. I don't think that that Nate respects Conor in the sport. I think that uh, he doesn't view him as a legitimate fighter. I think that, I mean, that's all part of of the Nate mentality. It's, It's part of the Diaz mentality, right? I just don't think that Nate likes him. I think he views him as an actual, like, the villain which is so crazy and awesome about <laughs> about um, Nate Diaz that he would view anybody as the villain, right? And he's the superior person. It's so great. That's why I love the Diaz brothers. But yeah, I think that uh, for me, I don't think Connor gives a rip, but I think that Nate hates him. I think he just views him as, as a subpar human being. So I'm going with Foe on this one. He, he hated him all the way to the bank account that Connor... Connor fattened up for him. Actually, just to correct my numbers here, Diaz McGregor one was one point three million, and Diaz McGregor fair two enough, was 1. six million. To that point, you know, Nate's pushed off enough fights that he could have made a lot of money on over the years for multiple different reasons. I think he he took the fight, and well, we'll, we'll go with well, which fight, but I think the fight that was built up had a lot to do with a pick. I mean, how many times could 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 Nate? make money on a fight that he didn't choose the fight lots of times like there was all sorts of opportunities for that i think that the mcgregor fight was was a culmination Not of mcgregor opportunities mcgregor mcgregor brings millions the other guys brought you know fifty thousand extra bucks mcgregor brought three million extra bucks to, to their fight so I, I hear what you're saying uh trevor's got the final call trevor you uh, call it gotta gotta be hype for me too uh, i i think they're very cordial to each other um even after the fights you don't see any bad blood or anything like that and they appreciate each other's skill level like i said i don't think they'll go hang out or despite the drink throwing shenanigans i'm gonna still stick with hype, hype. Proper hype. Okay. number eight um frank Mir versus brock lesnar Wes? De- definitely foes. De- de- you could feel the hatred through the screen from the first fight to the, the when they fought again and Frank got his face basically rearranged by Brock and then Brock had the audacity to get in his face after the fight had been stopped. I mean, that, just just a horrible move. Unsportsmanlike conduct, definitely foes. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm a thousand percent. I don't think either one of those people ever want to see each other in the room. Like <laughs> Frank and Brock in the room, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm leaving. I don't want to see that guy. He, like, he's a jerk. I, I could totally see that moment with the two of them being in a room together and either one of 
them, especially Frank Mir, especially Frank Mir going, I don't ever want to be in a room with that guy. So I'm 100% foe on that one. That's That was a legitimate rivalry. I don't even call it rivalry, just a hatred. That's just a hatred on, on Frank Mir's part. I think Brock is just organically that way half the time, so or most of the time. But uh, Trevor, what do you got? Yeah, you're not going to find Brock Lesnar with too many pals that are inside the octagon. He's... Straight, straight up savage when it comes uh, to getting into the cage. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he doesn't. But he ain't making friends in there. Uh, and he, he he's hyped for W or uh, WWE, but uh, UFC. He he just doesn't like the people. That's a foe. Except for Couture, I think I think he respected Couture. But yeah, big time foe. I wish they would have had a trilogy though. Yeah, I, I should call him one. And a uh, quick side note question that I have to ask right now, since you just brought that up, who do you think would have won in that trilogy? I think Frank Mir would have won because I think people were starting to figure out Brock Lesnar. I think Brock drops him on his head again and smashes his face into the floor. I think Brink, uh, Frank Mir floats above the ring, flies down underneath him, and gets him in another ankle lock. But he uses levitation because he's been meditating for years. But, but Brock mm. did not look that good against Mark Hunt. I mean, did he? Do you one, think he? Huh? One took him down pretty easily. He also had steroids in his system, so that always helps. Everybody That's has steroids I mean. I in mean, their system. <laughs> Everybody. Clean fight. It's like the moot point I'm argument. Frank Mir. I really do think that. I, I think it's a toss-up. I would put the advantage to Frank Mir. I think that Frank Mir would have would have pushed him. Anyway, that was a whole other side note. I apologize for bringing that up. I'm sorry that you're wrong, Wes. It was Frank Mir. Anyway, number nine. Uh, George St. Pierre versus Nick Diaz. Friend, foe, or hype, Wes? Well, if it's Nick from Nick Diaz's perspective, it was definitely foe. If it's George St. Pierre's perspective, it's definitely hype. So what do you got? You gotta call it. Do you think do you think that their overall relationship, do you think they're friends today? Do you think that they were really, really um hated each other? Or do you think that the that that their the whole fight was built on a hype relationship? I mean, I would have to say foes because Nick, Nick Nick Diaz doesn't like anybody. <laughs> so there you go. I'm gonna go on this one, I'm gonna go with hype. Um, I really don't think, um, it seems kind of bizarre to me that Nick Diaz would have an actual true dislike for George St. Pierre. I think that he would respect him for so many reasons. Um, but it just makes a lot of sense for him to fill the persona of disliking him because that's just what Nick Diaz does. And I don't believe that George St. Pierre really gave a rip. I think that actually George St. Pierre really wanted the challenge of a Nick Diaz, who is, by the way, a freaking phenomenal fighter. It's not like he's just like a you know a name on the board. Um, it's a great fight for George St. Pierre and a great fight for both of their careers. So I think this one uh, for me is totally hype. That is the scepter gavel, and it is spoken. <laughs> yeah, I think I think GSP is pretty cool unless somebody steps over the line like Nick Diaz. This is definitely a faux faux show faux show. Back up, Nick. All right, number ten. This one's a little bit different. Uh, Dana White versus Frank Shamrock West. Friends, foes, or hype? Definitely foes. Frank doesn't like him. Dana doesn't like him. A great example of that is Frank should have been inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame in the first year that it opened. There's no reason he should be shunned, even regardless of emotions. Frank Shamrock deserves and should be 
definitively in the UFC Hall of Fame based on his contribute, just just his contribution to the sport of MMA. And I think that just because Dana is Dana and Dana doesn't like him, he's not there. So foe. Yeah, one thousand percent a foe. This is, I think, um, uh, in the history of the UFC, this might be truly the greatest rivalry in the UFC because. It is deep-rooted in so much deep animosity. I don't think Dana White would ever even admit it. I don't think he would admit how much he actually just hates Frank Shamrock. Like, it's an actual hatred. And I think that Frank Shamrock has a million reasons to be to, to, to feel that, like, like that's a terrible thing. Like, he has every right to deserve to be somewhere, and he's never going to get it because he has this boulder of Dana White in his way, and Dana White can hold it over his head. I again, I will say this again. This to me is absolutely what I would consider the greatest UFC rivalry because it's just so wrong. And I will tell you this the day that Dana White is no longer a part of the UFC, Frank Shamrock will be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt in my mind because it's just so absurd that he's not. So on me, 100% foes times 10. Trevor, do you disagree? On uh, on the level of hatred, right below Dana's hatred or contempt for Oscar De La Hoya is probably <laughs> Frank Shamrock. What is Dana thinking? <laughs> Definitely. Well, me- hold on. Hold on. I got to hit the scepter gavel. Can you hear that? Scepter gavel says foe. <laughs> Perfect. Let me say this to you guys. I don't... I. I for the longest time have never truly considered the UFC's Hall of Fame like legit because of this very thing. You you cannot... It's a good point. It's a real good point. You cannot exclude the greats just because you don't like them. And until Dana or the UFC or whoever the powers that be decide to actually do the right thing and put who's supposed to be in there in there, to me, to me, it's just a bunch of Dana's buddies. And I don't... I just... It's hard for me. It's hard for me to ever take it serious when... The company itself puts puts the the president's emotions over data and facts and contribution to the sport. That's foolishness and it's stupid. And it and until that gets changed, it'll be really hard for me to ever consider the UFC Hall of Fame a legit Hall of Fame. When when I had posted uh, something on the UFC about uh, you know just the most uh, underrated or underappreciated fighters, and, and I mentioned Frank Shamrock, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody had said, "Who thinks he's?" underappreciated dana white that's who and that's the reason why frank shamrock is not getting the the respect he deserves like like as we talked about there you can talk to ufc fans that you know anybody you know that's watching the sport you can talk about like what you would say when you go frank shamrock though you mean like ken shamrock no frank shamrock who's that guy the wrestler's brother it's at the best that's all they're gonna know they have absolutely no clue what this guy did for the sport and how impactful he was for the sport and i think that a huge huge reason for that is because dana just wanted to make sure that he wouldn't be that guy and it's just it's sad it's yep. it really it's really sad it's not it, it's not right but you know definitely again if you get on dana's list if you get on dana's list you're unfairly exiled and I, I think that's so crazy for the sport. I mean, why does he still have a grudge against somebody like Ariel Hawani? That doesn't make any sense because somebody like Ariel, as good as he is on ESPN with all these podcasts, if he was in asking questions at these press conferences, he can still take the UFC up a level or two. Do you think that the reason why that Dana is creating an entire island is so that he can put Frank Shamrock on it? And then never talk about it again. 
Yeah. And then like you'll you'll get an occasional interview somewhere from like Ariel. It'll be like the only person he can interview is Frank Shamrock. It'll be like five years. We can't figure out why. Why is he always interviewing Frank Shamrock? They're on the island. But we can't we can't say anything. Shh. In exile, yeah. <laughs> on Fight Island. <clears throat> anyway, uh we good boys? Yeah, yeah, before we before we leave, I do want to say uh if you got any good thoughts or prayers, make sure you send them to Khabib's father who's in a medically induced coma right now uh looking like it's coming from covid19 so we want him to recover yep absolutely that's actually really big in the news and it's it's very possible even if you're not uh if it's not a big concern for you on on the covid side just know that it's a it's going to be a a potential impact for for future fights and what khabib's going to do in the future so it's it's uh it's really super important um my prediction is my prediction is conor mcgregor fights justin gaethje first before khabib comes back but maybe next week we'll talk about that I agree, Wes. That's exactly what I was thinking with all this. Very possible. I mean, it just it, it's logical. It's very logical. So, um, as always, we are super grateful to everyone who takes the time to listen to the show. We absolutely love feedback and engagement. So please give us your thoughts. And specifically, if you have any topic ideas you would like to hear about, please let <laughs> us know on the My MMA Podcast Facebook page. And also, please take a minute to rate us on Apple, Spotify, your platform of choice. It helps people find us and honestly makes us feel good too. We will be back next week with more fun and banter. We look forward to seeing you then, if we can see you. Love you all, my MMA Podcast Nation. Have a great week and stay healthy out there. Peace. Since Joe Rogan got signed to Spotify, we're coming after Apple, baby. And we're coming. We're coming, baby. <laughs> yeah. $100 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> should, should I press stop now or are you going to keep talking about that? <laughs> <laughs>